to The Forbes Factor, featuring celebrity TV host, million-dollar entrepreneur, and renowned health and fitness superstar, Forbes Riley. A familiar face from TV, as well as one of today's most sought-after female motivational speakers today. You'll connect with some of the top experts in health and fitness, business and personal development, as well as some surprise celebrities, all sharing their insight, tips, and tricks to finding true happiness. Now, here's your host, Forbes Riley. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to my favorite week of the favorite hour of the week. Going to make sure I'm spotlighted there. You can all see me. We're not only broadcasting on Voice America, which is all around the world. I love where we are. been here for years. But also, you can find us on some of your favorite platforms from, I don't know, iTunes, iHeart, uh, Spotify, you name it. We're there. I'm just glad that you guys are tuning in. You know, it's been an interesting week. We've hit the middle of the year. You guys feel like you accomplished anything? Uh, just, it's a fascinating conversation. Have you? I just launched my very first membership. Uh, Well, it's funny. It's not really my first one, but it's my first really good one. (laughs) I always did health and fitness, but now I'm in the business coaching space. And I will tell you what a phenomenal group of people. If you're listening to me and you said, you know, I would love to find out how to up-level my life, my business, my career, my side hustle. I'm going to invite you and write this down. Go to www.ForbesRileys, as in S, Forbes Riley's inner circle. Yeah, I've been training people for years now since COVID hit to be amazing, outstanding entrepreneurs, business owners, to just generate money through all kinds of creativeness and side hustles. You know I'm doing that. But what I'm going to do in this membership, which I'm just so proud of, is that every week we meet for an hour and it's the highest level mastermind you could imagine. One week every month, we network. One week every month, we pitch each other. One week every month, we teach each other, which means you get a chance to teach and practice your speaking from stage ability. And then on the fourth week, what do we do? Uh, Oh, topic. We get to do one of my favorite platforms is Clubhouse. Because I realized in most of my teachings, like right now, I'm hearing my own voice. (laughs) And I have a lot to teach. You know, I do have a lot to preach. You know, I found like, I feel like if, if, Gary V and Mel Robbins had a child. La la, makes a little bit of Tony Robbins and Oprah. I don't know how that works. That'd be a very interesting night, wouldn't it? Anyway, the point of that is it's an environment where you get to speak and be heard. And I think that's what the community really, really spoke to me about. It said, look, Forbes, there's a lot of gurus out there, but where's the platform where people get to connect on a very heart level, get to share their wins? You know, when you're a solopreneur, as many of my listeners are, you win. And who do you call? Hey, mom. Well, my mom's been gone for 20 years. I don't have a lot of relatives. Who do you call? And Ghostbusters is not really an option. Who do you call? You want to reach out to people who can understand what you're doing. And as an entrepreneur, as a side hustler, as a dreamer, you live in a very unique space. People who have bought into the security of a nine to five who bought in the security of being told when their vacations are, who bought in the security that says you can't bring your kid to work or you have to have an excuse to go take your, watch your kids play or baseball game. I don't live in that world. I never did. But I will tell you the downside of that freedom is a little touch of loneliness. I can remember my early days, Christmas party for one. Yeah. I mean, I had vendors, but I had no, no one to work with me. Well, I've since expanded that. and I've got a very large team now. Uh, in fact, some of them are global. It's kind of a crazy thing that some of our Christmas parties are virtual, but I like the whole virtual space. But now you get a chance to, hey, if you've got a problem, a concern, an obstacle, a tech issue, 
you come into membership. And I will tell you, given the vast array of people attracted to my world, we have solutions for you. And I think as an entrepreneur, I hit my head so much. I paved a way quite by accident. I did not mean to pave the way for you, but I did. And I left clues along the way. You do not have to suffer like I did, and it will not take you as long as it took me. I turned 63. could have done this 20 years ago, but I couldn't find the right kind of help. Now, I'm going to share something with you, and I know you're going to laugh, but I come from a very blue-collar background. My dad was a, he designed printing presses, but he was the guy getting in there, fixing, getting his hands dirty. My neighbors were all shop owners and mechanics and maybe a dentist. Uh, my next door neighbor was in the mob. Oh, Vinny. Yeah. Vinny, my parents tried to explain to me what that meant, Him and, but he was mob. It's kind of crazy. That's what he did. And so when I had this word CEO, can you imagine before the internet, I didn't know what it meant. I couldn't comprehend the CEO net. What does that mean? I didn't understand businesses, corporations. I understood the local deli, the the the, the yeah, the dry cleaners, the the liquor store, wherever all my friends had shops, you know, but the CEO thing, this structure. So I've been on this journey for about 20 years now to figure out how corporations work and are structured. And I don't want to work with one because they're very, very big. And they and then they answer to shareholders. People want to take me public. I thought, no, that's the last thing I want right now to be beholden to lots of people who are only financially invested, but not morally or spiritually invested like I am in my business, in my people. My peeps in my world, they know how much I love them. I spend way too much time. Forbes, you over-deliver. That's what I'd like to be known for, the woman who over-delivered. All right, I would like to bring on my first guest. I had a chance to meet her. I've been in the movie, film, and television business my entire life. Uh, at yeah, Young, I was dreaming, but at 16... I had my first NBC television appearance with Bob Hope on the Miss Teenage America pageant, and I was hooked. And then I can remember being a guest at 16 and a half on the Jerry Lewis Telethon, first live TV. And since then, I've helped create the X Games for ESPN. I've had national talk shows, and I've crushed it in the world of infomercials, grossing a little over two and a half billion dollars in sales. Yeah, and I'm just getting started. Isn't that funny? All right, well, I met this beautiful woman along the way. And I will say that it was challenging and it still does represent a challenge to meet amazing, smart, talented women who've carved out their own way. You're going to want to listen to Maureen. Damiano, come on the stage, Miss Maureen, unmute and say hello. Forbes, good day to you. It's so awesome to hear your wind up, your energy. I hope all your listeners are, are getting a little bit of it. I mean, we can't keep up with you, but we're going to try. You're amazing. <laughs> when you say that, now it's very funny that you would say that I'm amazing. And I'll tell you what's cool about that. Because number one, I grew up, nobody thought I was anything. But I teach that principle. I have a game in my classes. I teach between 40 to 60 hours a week, different levels of entrepreneurs. And one of the games I play, Maureen, is called What Do You Want? You set your timer. Partner A asks partner B, what do you want? What do you want? So for argument's sake, let's play this. She has no idea this is coming. So, Uh-oh, here we go. There's only three <laughs> rules on your side. And it is, you cannot repeat an answer, you cannot do a laundry list, and you cannot say, I don't know. So, okay. Miss Pauline, having just met you on the air, what do you want? I want to connect with amazing people. I want to hear their oh, wait, 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 that, wait, wait, That's the first one. That's cool. I want to connect. And I want all my listeners to enjoy this game. One thing at a time. So, I want to connect to amazing people. 
Now I'm going to ask you again, what do you want? I want to listen to their stories. What do you want? I want to help take their story bigger than they think it could be. Okay. What do you want? What do I want? I want to make a difference. What do you want? I want to help others shine. What do you want? It's a funny game. I want to stop this game. No. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's interesting about the game. So it does. I have my students do this for seven minutes straight. Can I tell you, it digs very deep. And the reason I say that is one of the things, two things changed my life in this game. Years and years ago, I played it and I was, had a very intense acting career. And I said out loud, I wanted every day for someone to tell me that I inspired them. And I looked around and I thought, who said that? Because that wasn't what I wanted. At least it wasn't intellectually what I thought I wanted. And it set me on a path of being a coach and a trainer and a teacher. But then one day I was playing this game and you said it a minute ago, you didn't realize it. But I said, I wanted to be told that I was amazing. And I was like, whoa, that's an interesting thought to have. I want to be told I'm amazing. And I realized one, it came from my dad, who was a magician. And when I would do a magic trick, people would always say, wow, that's amazing. Then when I introduced my spin gym out to the world, people touched my little spin gym here, my fitness product, and they say, it's amazing. Well, I had it in my mind. And I want all of you to realize this about how you manifest your, your, your future, your dreams, what you want. And you just said, Forbes is amazing, but you didn't realize that was on my, what, are, what do you want list? So thank you. Thank you. I did not, but I, I, I believe it, knowing you a little bit over the years, knowing your passion, knowing your versatility. Uh, what is, what, what do you not do? Oh, dishes. Uh, I have to leave that to Joshua. <laughs> you know what I don't do? I don't tolerate mediocrity anymore. I'm a little impatient with it, to be honest, because I've been teaching it and I've been holding myself to such a high standard. Um, and I, yes, here's the thing for everyone listening. I go to the gym. I didn't go this morning. I tried to. I go to the spa, although my nails need to be done. I do meditate. I take some time off. I'm going to Portugal next week for three weeks with my daughter. But I do when I'm working, work really hard. And I think it's because I have a sense of a ticking clock. Maureen, can you hear the clock ticking sometimes? I can. Are you kidding me? I, I, I say every day, Forbes, we get now. We get now, a new now, like you know, three seconds from now. And what are we going to do with it? And every day at the end of the day, I look back at my day if I have that moment and I've said, wow, I, I got a lot accomplished. I helped people. I made a difference. I, I, I did something for people that gives me a great joy. So yes, the top, the clock is ticking. And I think through all of our journeys, uh, raising kids and being businesswomen, uh, we're always trying to better ourselves. And like you, not settling for mediocrity. I hate settling. Settling doesn't work for me. Mm -mm, nope. And I have talks with myself because you get in situations and I say this, it doesn't, it doesn't fulfill me. It doesn't lift me up. So that needs to be something that I, I revisit or I just say it, it's not part of, of my, my universe anymore. Well, there are times that we haven't necessarily formally met you and we need to do that. We need to hear a little bit who Maureen is. Uh, so let's start there. So my audience, I know who you are, but for everyone listening and we're, by the way, we're going live to millions of people between the Voice America platform, my 1.8 million on Facebook. So go for it, my girl. I'll give you the entire camera. 
Wow. <laughs> well, thank you, Forbes. So hi, everybody. My name is Maureen Famiano, and my background is television broadcasting for 30 plus years. For me, it's always about the story, the people that I would meet in my broadcast world as a reporter, as a producer, as an executive producer. I love information. I love getting to know people, help telling their stories on different networks across the country. Uh, now I'm in Tampa Bay. I've worked at NBC locally, CBS locally. It's about the story. And that's where Forbes and I met when she was on our show and we just clicked, I think minute two. Um, her energy, my energy, we just clicked. She was uh, guest hosting and it was just amazing. And I hit the ground running. I don't need coffee to do that. And it's about connecting with people and helping them go to the next level. But with working with so many people and helping them tweak their stories and messaging from news to morning show television, they would like me to help them more. And I couldn't because I was working busy, 12 hour days, family, kids, all that stuff. I said, shoot, should I be doing this on my own? And I don't know how far you want me to go. But basically, I pivoted to do PR marketing, helping people tell their stories. And that's my joy. There's so many good stories. So many of your listeners have great stories. They don't share. They don't think it's worthy. They don't think it's important. And I say all the time, it is, it is, it is. I like peeling back the layers and random conversations with people. And then I often hear, you know, I've not told anybody that in a while or ever. And I'm like, I hear that a lot. If people are genuine and authentic to listen, the beauty is connecting in different ways. It's rich it's warm, it's fulfilling to help understand them and, and maybe guide them or support them or just lift them up or, you know, wish them a good day, whatever that looks like. And there's a health part of my journey, which we'll probably get into later, but that's nuts and bolts of it. I've written two books. I have two more coming out later this year. I've done, you know, speaking engagements. Wait, wait, let's back up a second. You wrote two books. I did not know that. And I have two more coming out. So I yes. looked up Overachiever in the dictionary, and right next to my photo was Maureen's. We'd like sharing the space. All right, so she, I've got reach down there. Show us your books. Tell me what you, what's going on. I've not really connected to you in a while. Yes. So one is called um, The Best Business Minds in Tampa Bay. It's kind of a networking business book. So it was created. Wait, wait, am, I, am, I in, am I in that book? I don't think so. Huh. No, but you should have been. It was with a specific network group, and um, and everybody has a a, um, a chapter. We all did great things, and for me, it was about the stories. I'm a storyteller. I believe in stories. I believe everybody has one. So that was what that's all about, and that was a number one best-selling book. It was pretty exciting. It came out about a year and a half ago, and the new one is going to kind of take off from there with other ways that people should connect and and guide them on what they can do to better connect. It's all about connections. We know this Forbes. If you don't connect with people, then it doesn't work. So that's really mission critical. And this book is easily digestible. And I always tell people as I'm I go, I know we're doing, we're doing the same thing. While you're doing that, I have a couple of books over here that you didn't know that I wrote. Let's see one during COVID the world's largest book, 820 pages. What? Uh, one, one Habit for Entrepreneurial Success is also a compilation book with 150 authors, my students, and about 50 celebrities, everybody from Les Brown to the guy who played Hercules, uh, all telling their story. And then after that, we did a book. You're going to love this. Another compilation book. We did this one in 18 days. What? No way. I have such a committed staff and group of people and clients 
But the crazy thing about this book and the entire series that we created, and we were on fire, is that my beautiful publisher and co-author right there got sick from COVID two years and died within four weeks. No. Oh, my goodness. I'm sitting here going, you got to be effing kidding me. All of that. We were like, we were like just two peas in a pod, could not wait to everybody's an international bestseller. It was phenomenal. The company completely folded because he kept, he just didn't really set up. I don't even think I'm even that set up. If you really did die, it's over. It was completely over. His kids made sure that it was gone and it's done. So how crazy, I know, right? I, I've learned a lot. I've learned lessons, but I'm not sure I get all the lessons loud enough. Then I did something in this. I, um, I gave a great interview to Jill Lieberman. She called me out of the blue, never heard of her. Turns out her sister-in-law started a little thing called Spanx. I know you've heard of it. We've all heard of it. Um, oh, yeah. It's funny because in this book, I just connected to Jonathan, who's a beautiful actor on, on Facebook. Uh, but in this book is Mark Cuban and Eric Roberts, Julia's brother, and a guy I think you know called Tony Robbins. And then yeah. there's a beautiful story of a woman. Like, oh, my God, there's Forbes Riley in this phenomenal book, along with just unbelievable stars. In fact, Sarah is in the book, Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. Uh, it goes on and on. You're like, oh, wow, Forbes, congratulations that you're in that. And five other ones. I, those are not my books. I didn't write all of those. I was responsible for a piece of them. So congratulations for all that you're doing. And guys, I will tell you, books matter, don't they? Well, they do, Forbes. And here's the other one real quick. It's called Step Into Your Brilliant Purpose. And for me, it's about, you know, what are, what are we doing in life? And I think the younger we get, it goes to legacy, right? It goes to, so every day we're doing something. Does it matter? Does it make a difference in our world? Will people remember what we did? It's important to have that little bit of reflection or think, oh no, maybe not. So what do I need to do? But for me, my brilliant purpose was still being on this earth because of a health challenge. And then, and that went to number one international bestseller, by the way. So that's pretty cool. And for me, it's about motivating people, um, connecting with people and living my best life, which is in turn helping others be the best they can be. That's well, my brain. So let's take a second and unpack that because here's the thing y'all need to know. Just like a carton of milk, you have a little expiration date on the back of your head that you can't see. It's there. You just never knew it was there and it's there for everybody. Uh, but because you don't know it doesn't mean if somebody says it might be over, you don't, you want to fight. Maureen, will you unpack for a second and share with my audience the outstanding and amazing journey that you have been on? I will. And thank you. And sometimes when I get asked this question or, or pause, I'm like, was that really me? Because I'm, I'm past it now. But it was a lot of not very exciting times. So it was 2010, working at NBC in Tampa Bay, when I noticed something. And I thought, what is that? It's nothing. What am I, doctor? No. So I ignored it because I was busy, but I couldn't ignore it anymore because it didn't go away. And the it was, this is the short version, but it's, it's still, um, you can follow along. It was blood in the stool. And I thought, what is that? So I changed my eating habits, which no one knew. It still remained. I went to the doctor who I only went, you know, once a year when I got a cold and they're like, how are you? I'm like, I'm great. It ended up being uh, nothing they could detect. They sent me to um, a specialist and I had a colonoscopy before I should have had a colonoscopy. Here we go. They found a small kiwi sized tumor. There it was. What, me? Even when I was diagnosed, the doctor kind of came back and was like looking for 
the 90 year old in the room, but there wasn't a 90 year old. It was me. And he asked me a series of questions. And I said, come on, doc, I'm waiting for what you're going to tell me. I don't think it's really that good. And he said, well, I'm sorry to say the dreaded phrase, you have cancer. What me? Like, you know, your mind goes blank. You hear the words and it's just my husband was turning white on the, on the side of the, uh, the room here at the time. And it was just sobering and surprising and okay. And a little scary and all that. But then it's like Maureen mode. Okay. Well, what are we going to do about it? And initially we didn't know exactly what stage it was when you, when you go through this, this process, they don't know, but they just know how you have to battle it. So basically for me, and I advocate all the time, especially after COVID. So uh, listeners, have you gotten your screenings? I can hear some say yes, I can hear some say no, and I'm guessing more saying no than yes. So please, for Forbes, for me, get your screenings, make the appointments. So get your screenings. So I had to figure out what I was going to do. Was it going to be surgery? Was it going to be chemo? What did that look like? What did that mean? I had no idea. So I got three opinions because I wasn't really sure. And it's your body. There's no right answer. There's your right answer. So at first, they guided me one way, and then it changed, and I went through surgery first got out of surgery, got through that first part of it, and it ended up being going into the lymph nodes. So that's when they staged it. It was stage three, not one, not two, but three. And anybody who's listening who is a Black Panther fan, Chadwick Boseman, who was the star, he came out in 21, September, I remember, like yesterday, that he passed away of stage three colon cancer silently he didn't let anyone know or only very close people that he was battling it that he it was going through treatments whatever that looked like so that's part of why i'm stepping into my brilliant purpose because i'm still here somehow he wasn't ready for me and i wasn't ready to leave so it was a battle i got through it and what and did you what did you do to win the battle is there some secret formula that you want to share with us positivity, asking questions, be your own advocate. Don't settle for questions or answers that you're not really sure about. I wasn't a doctor. I didn't know either, but I asked a lot of questions that I kept going down different lanes of, I don't know if that's the right thing. I don't know if that's the right uh, journey for me that at the end of three opinions, the first time, which led me to surgery first, not knowing I was going to need chemo, but then I did chemo radiation then chemo again, a year long excitement. Um, that was critical and being positive. My, my surgeon in Tampa Bay called me superwoman when I would come in because I was, I was positive. What was negativity going to do? It was going to do nothing. But if I could get through it positively, I remember even going for my chemo, people in the, in the waiting room would be waiting there. And I'd wear like bright colors like I did now. And they think because I'm so positive, even then that I must be the daughter or relative of somebody who's probably in the, in the blood draw room getting their blood tested now. And then they looked down at my medical band and they were kind of like, oh, wait, confused. Is it her? She can't be because she's too happy. And it was almost like a deli number. They would want to sit near my chair in the chemo room. So it was just interesting. And I know for me being positive and I tell other people to be positive, ask questions, don't settle. And real quick, seven years later, it kind of came back. So then I had to go through this again 
And I asked four surgeons what I had to do because I wasn't going to settle again. Long story short, I don't have a colon anymore because that was the vessel in which the tumors were going to be forming. So they removed that as an option, but I fought the only thing I was being told, which was having an ileostomy for the rest of my life. I said, Ooh, I know many people live with that. I said, Ooh, I don't know if I want to. I wonder if there's another way. So that fourth surgeon said, we can try something. I said, that's good enough for me because I'll go back to what the three others told me I would only have options for. It worked. Wow. 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 I just got absolute chills. Well, everybody take a breath. Um, I'm just very proud of you. Um, Do you do any kind of cancer cheerleading? I know that sounds like a weird, I, I watched both my parents go through that. And I don't think there is cancer cheerleaders out there that would be very helpful who are survivors who say, look, I'm one of those who went smiling to chemo. I'm one of those. And here's what I did. And here's my thought. I don't know. Just a thought, you know? Well, I I do because on my anniversaries, I share it. I do things, you know, you're all about social media too, that I share something, not for really any reaction, but if I can be a tool that I'm stepping into my purpose, that people out there get screened or ask questions or reach out to me. I'm always telling people, if you have a question, you're going through it, reach out to me always, because I can help guide you through something I wouldn't have wanted to be able to guide anybody on, but I've been through it so I can ask and answer questions for you. So now I've, I've done a speaking engagement for the colorectal cancer group who had a walk in Tampa Bay. I was just doing something with Leukemia Lymphoma Society because I'm about advocacy. If you don't, it, why, why be quiet about what I've been through? If I can share the journey that wasn't, I don't want to be in the C club. I call it the cancer club. I didn't want to be in it, but I'm in it, but I beat it. So how can I help any of your listeners be stronger, be smarter, ask the questions, don't settle? That's what I'm supposed to do. So for everyone in my who's within listening, we just did a, a big training on Monday. And one of the things that I put forth is a, a list. I don't think I have it right here with me, but it is the life happens for you, not to you list. And I encouraged everybody to, for the next seven days, I'm meeting everybody again on Monday. There were hundreds of people in that room. Put the list up on your door, on your mirror, where you see it every day. Stand in front of it and write down something happened to you, to you, that you have been bitching and moaning about. This happened. And we all have those. And then to write literally as you're standing there, say it out loud, have a conversation with yourself, write, how did that happen for me and not to me? And so if your survival is now about educating other people, and I'm sorry that you went through it, uh, but we've all gone through things. I lost, you know, a bonus, beautiful child that I raised for 12 years was murdered. Yet guess what? I didn't ask to be part of that club either. But I do talk about it all the time because it's something that happened that makes you stronger. And every single thing that you survive, guys, you all need to know this. If you're willing to go through it and come out the other side, the best thing you can do is to talk about it and understand how it served you. None of us get to go through this life unscathed. Now, speaking of that real quick, I do have a quick commercial break. We're going to go away and say hi to our sponsors who make this show happen and say hello. And we hope that you come right back. We've got more coming up right after this break. Don't go away. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. 
developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to The Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now, back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Forbes Factor. My favorite week of the favorite hour of the week. It's been that way for many, many, almost probably two decades I've been doing this show. And uh, I tend to bring you eclectic guests and topics based on how I'm feeling in the week. But then I also think that the, the spirit just moves me. And in this case, it's a little bit about women finding their way in this world. Uh, you would think it wouldn't be so challenging. You would think after all we've been through, it wouldn't even be an issue some days it kind of is. And maybe it's just being a businesswoman, but there's every once in a while I get smacked around and reminded that there's a little thing about being a female businesswoman. Uh, but we've been hearing Maureen's beautiful story. And I want to bring on another guest all the way from up north. She is a filmmaker recently down here in Tampa because she was attending the Sunscreen Film Festival. How exciting is that? So, Maureen, I'm going to bring you back on stage. There you go. I'm going to add you there. And introducing Miss Sheila Warren. How you doing? I'm great. How are you doing, Forbes? Good, good. You sound good, but you look like you're ready to pilot an airplane. I'm, I'm ready. I have those, but I'm not wearing my headphones. I, just, I refuse to do that. I, I, I just have good sound in this in this set, so you'll hear me a little better. Thanks so much for inviting me today. I really appreciate it. Well, I love having you here. I'm sorry that I only got to see you for a few minutes. I was telling Maureen that I just blew it. I, you had invited me to be in a film or at least look at a project, and I never saw it. That's overwhelming social media for you. Uh, but congratulations on all that you're doing. Tell my audience who you are and what you're up to. Uh, well, my name's Sheila. And as you said, I'm from Canada. So I'm based in Toronto. And uh, uh, I'm a producer, director, writer. Uh, and I really focus on uh, female-driven stories with a focus on LGBTQ inclusion. So, um, yeah, my stories are action, thriller, horror, but um, I actually just completed a, a dramatic film uh, that we're just putting into festivals right now uh, about a homeless teen who finds community in a women's hockey league. I know, and, right? Uh, Fascinating. So, and, and she had, Maureen has just finished two books. Sheila, have you written a book? 
at all? No, I haven't. But I, I'm at core a, a writer because I really only produce the things that I write myself. So at the core, I'm a writer, but not a book writer. It is an interesting medium. It's just that, you know, it's... Uh, and Maureen, have you ever done a feature film? I have not. Um, now, thinking about this, what can we do together? You guys are witnessing the melding of the minds. <laughs> Sheila, what, what makes you want to be a filmmaker? Well, it's interesting because, you know, I'm not a spring chicken. And uh, so I've had a few lives before me. And uh, film is something that I actually the first thing I ever wanted to do. When I was a very young child, I remember watching musicals and, uh, you know, all kinds of 40s, 50s, 60s. I grew up on movies all the time, uh, but I ended up not going in that direction because it wasn't really considered a really stable career in my family. So I ended up in sales. What, what, did, is, you sell? what did you sell? I was in uh, photography mainly because I started... Film was very inaccessible, so I, I left into photography, so that was sort of my mainstay. So I ended up in film and photo for about 12, 15 years in sales. So companies like Polaroid, uh, I worked in their commercial division. I love sales. I mean, I'm really? like you. I love the pitch, you know, and that's a big part of filmmaking. So I use well, all those skills every day. That's an interesting conversation. Maureen, why television for you? I just love information and that's the vessel of the options and the mediums that I chose to, to use. So it's, it's information, current events, all of that stuff and be up to date on what's happening in the world. That's why I chose that one. Well, I too grew up, I grew up as a very lonely, awkward little girl uh, with very few friends. And so my friends were in fact television and movies. Uh, it's how I went on vacation. It's who I fell in love with. I had romances in my head. I had beautiful gowns and I got to go every year to the Oscars. Until one day when I was 16, I did go to the Oscars. And it is fascinating. And I wanted to be James Bond growing up. That was my hero of choice because that was a life that I wanted to lead. And I realized that doorway, like never-ending story, is that these things could be yours anytime you wanted. And it's been fascinating to me to meld my, my fantasy with my reality. And I love it. But it was an interesting thing, though, because when you're on a set, it's a very different world. But Sheila, it's a really cool thing to sit in the audience and watch the screening. That moment, talking about like giving birth, has got to be one of the coolest moments you ever experienced. Am I correct? Yeah, we actually just went through that because we we shot this hockey film in March and uh, we had a really, really tight goal. The Toronto International Film Festival, the goal was uh, May 12th was their final deadline. So we turned that film around in six weeks. It's a short film. Uh, but I did some, uh, some screenings, as you know, last week with some industry investors, et cetera. And yeah, it was a really beautiful moment. People were really moved by the film. There were a lot of tears on the zoom, uh, which is really, I'd been crying for six weeks, cutting the film. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I missed that. I will have a chance to see it. I cannot wait. I'm not going to lie. I missed it because I was working. Uh, but well, I'm of course you're, you're welcome to see it anytime. And of course our friend, our mutual friend, Tiffany Cole was in Park 33. We showed that film as well. That's why we were down at sunscreen. I just think it's it's brilliant. Maureen, what's one of your favorite movies? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I like, I'm very positive. So I like positive um, kind of stories. Oh, what's my favorite movie, though? That's a good question for you. Got me. Wait, I'm, I'm going to rephrase that. There's no such thing as a favorite. I can, 
I literally can go toe to toe with the AFI list of like top 1000. I think I've seen them all. So that's not really fair. How about we just find a film that's got a message that you enjoy sharing? And Sheila, the same question for you, and I'll think about it as well, because I do think that the cool thing about movies versus books for me is that movies happen in a period of time and then they are in fact over. I, I couldn't read very well growing up. So reading novels and all the flowery, how many times you need to describe a rose before you get to the action would make me nuts. And so mm-hmm. now that you can see it, it's a two hour investment of your time. You go on a journey and it's over. And I'm a huge fan of that. So what's one that has a message that you would like to remind us about? Well, you know, because I'm busy, we all are, I don't really get a chance to, or make the time to go to a two hour out of my world. But I did just see, I'm just going to go with recently because I just saw the, the big, not big, but the book club movie with all the women stars in it from um, Diane. Yep. I mean, it was crazy. And partly I went because last year we had a family trip that we went to Italy. And I thought, I wonder if I'll notice where they're filming. And I don't know. And it was such a joy. I went by myself. I just thought, I'm going to treat myself to three hours. It was just lovely. And it was just taking me down memory lane. But it really had a surprising twist in the movie, which was darling and cute on many different levels. That I think I'm just going to share that one because you'd think, oh, it's just, you know, the girls back together. But it was it was different and better than that. And then for me, it was reflecting on a great family moment that we created, we made, and it just, it was reminiscing for me. You know, that's very funny that you said that because I do think I've fallen in love with movies hundreds of times. I was just watching an old movie. uh, Gosh, what was it? Um, Oh, they're going to find the, anyway, Hugh O'Brien is in the movie. You may or may not remember him. Um, I I love him. I love Hugh O'Brien. I love him, but isn't that funny? My, my, My current husband now gets very upset with me when I say I love him. Like, I love George Clooney. I just love that. Just romanticizing and funny and silly. And I can go down the list of all the old actors that I, I mean, you give me an old Mel Gibson in the very beginning of his career, like, oh, just the year of living dangerously. I just could watch going, wow. And he doesn't quite understand, but that's who I grew up loving. Like I, and I, unfortunately have this wildly romanticized view of life. Now, is that good or bad? I'm not sure. But just like in the movie, Maureen, where it does that there's happy endings, there's flowers and roses and beautiful things that you don't expect. That's what I've always imagined my life to be. And the crazy thing is it's real. It's as real as you create it. Sheila, what's one of yours? Well, gosh, I mean, I could say that one of my favorite movies of all time, because I love horror and thrillers, is Alien. Sigourney Weaver, the sequel. Wow. Okay. That came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, thinking about Jane Fonda, because I'm such a huge Jane Fonda fan, um, there is one movie of hers that always stays with me. And that's uh, one that a lot of people don't know named Julia. Oh, and Jane Fonda plays the playwright Lillian Hellman, who I'm a big fan of. I've read every single thing she's ever written. Vanessa Redgrave. Yes. And Vanessa Redgrave is at her zenith. In that, and it's just, it's a wonderful movie about loyalty and friendship and sacrificing and trying to write a play that you think you can't write. <laughs> so, there's so many things happening in that movie, and of course, the World War II theme. It's just, it was a really, uh, that was just a really beautiful female friendship movie. So, um, yeah, I like hopeful movies too. I truly do. I like I love that. Now I'm talking to two powerful women who are stepping into their own. What's an obstacle, Maureen, that you have faced that you'd like to share with my listeners? Doesn't have to necessarily be gender, but what's an obstacle as someone who's wanted to make things happen and you hit your head somewhere, aside from health, 
what would have an obstacle been professionally that if you, you just want to let us know about? Same thing for you, Sheila, because I just I just came up against one and it's frustrating. And I don't know if enough people share those. We love to share our wins, but let's share something that, guys, if you knew that this was possible, you might want to know it's coming and handle it differently. Well, I guess maybe I'll start is just not giving up. If you're believing in something, you know, we are all all faced with roadblocks, whatever it looks like, male, female, doesn't matter really, but don't settle. Don't take no for an answer. Uh, I've seen so many times with either, either getting a story as a reporter and that they weren't really willing to talk to you because whatever, well, don't give up and continue a conversation that if you, if you talk enough and are genuine enough, they'll listen and perhaps they'll change their mind. That goes for pitching an idea at work to me pivoting and believing in myself. Sure, I don't think I can be my own, you know, solopreneur, entrepreneur, but I believed and I thought I could do it and then I did it. And it wasn't giving up. It was giving myself a chance, believing in you. If you don't believe in you, who's going to believe in you? So don't give up and believe. Love that. Passing the mic to Sheila. Well, for me, uh, because I've changed gears, uh, it's having people around me that believe in what I'm doing now, as opposed to what people think I should be doing, which is what I was doing before. So sometimes you have to lose people. And I've heard so many successful women, entrepreneurs, executives say the same thing, because people in some ways almost don't want to see you succeed, or uh, they get almost intimidated because you are following your your heart and your dreams and and what you've always wanted to accomplish and sometimes people aren't so into that what so I've Sheila, lost if, some people yeah if Sheila if you could paint a bit of a fantasy world that you would like to be more in what would be part of that what, what's missing in your world right now that you'd love I think um I you know, in the film industry, what's so important is building that community of people around you. So collaborators, people that you're uh, more than just a work for hire, because that's a big part of film is that you hire somebody for a few days or a few weeks and then they're gone. But then there's other people that are part of your creative network. And I guess I would I would want more of that or actually have them closer to me because I have a number of people, but they're, you know, they're thousands of miles away. So sometimes I'd like them to just be there to just grab them. <laughs> oh, I will tell you, I had my love affair and hate with Zoom at the same time. I have people around the world. I am a, I'm an in-person person. I, I'm having such a hard time with virtual assistants. I'm like, just, just here, here's the paper, handle it. So I totally understand that, but I do love this network where we can stay connected. Maureen, what's one thing you'd like to wave a magic wand and have created for you? Maureen, can you hear us? Now I can. I think I lost you for a minute. Uh, what would I want in a creative space? Sorry. Yeah, just, just something that you would wish you could wave your hands that you're just missing that you'd like right now. I think I, I'm working on just, you know, I, building my network and I, and I expand every day. And even over the last 24 hours, it's, I, I've been keeping track of like wins or, or new interesting um, things that are leading to other opportunities. But I guess I would just say, continuing to to meet new people and grow grow my brand and, and who I can kind of um, work with and learn from. Because mentors, I think, are always important in our lives. And uh, I would like to be mentor, continue to mentor other people and encourage them and be their cheerleader. But I also love when I can tap into other people to say, oh, 
I want to learn more about what you're doing because maybe I can, you know, give you something in return or just learn from you. It's all about connecting. That's what I love to do more of. I would just like to find the 25th hour in the day. I'm sure it's there somewhere because it would make life so much easier. Yes. And if we didn't have to sleep, that would be great too. Yeah, what is up with that? Sometimes I I just don't have time for that. (laughs) I'm so related. You know what's great about living a life that you love, that you've created, as opposed to going to a job every day. And and I have nothing wrong with that, but I'm so excited about my life now that I I don't want it to end at night because I'm enjoying my partner so much that I never want to go to sleep. And then I can't wait to wake up in the morning and bound out of bed and get going. And I will tell you, that's a very, I haven't always lived in this state. Sometimes I lived in New York. Now, no, just kidding. (laughs) It has really, really changed and it's been wonderful. And I know I'm not going to want the party to end. You know, Maureen. But what a party it is. It is, but it's only a party if you decide to throw it. People aren't, you have to really step up and lean in. You can't be one who sits by the sideline and expect to have a great life. You cannot win the game if you're a cheerleader or you're on the sidelines, or even if you're coaching it, you have to get in there, be willing to get hit, get knocked down. Great football analogy here and truly go for it. And I'm not a fan of, or I wasn't a fan of football, even though I married a guy who played it, but my, my, my husband now is a competitor and I don't really know what that meant. It means that he's always been an athlete. He was state high jump champ. He was world bodybuilding champion. And so he watches things that I hadn't normally watched. Like he watched, we watched the story of Michael Jordan, the story of Tom Brady, recently the story of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Great to watch because there's a level of excellence until this whole Netflix thing happened. You didn't really have an access to hear these stories and they're much deeper than you would imagine. Because guess what? It's not easy for any of us. It is the amount of hours you put in, the network that you build, and then the belief system that you have when you get knocked down. So I'm just on fire. And I was just thinking about this, but Patrick Mahomes, I didn't know who he was last year. Now I know, but he's quarterback and he won the quarterback who won the Super Bowl. Here's what I do know. I watched him play a little bit. I'm all about the story. That last game of the Super Bowl, they were down the first half. They were went to the locker room. They were going to lose. He's got a sprained ankle. It's not going well. And I've, we've all been at that. We're like, I'm done. But right before you throw in the towel, you still got some seconds on the clock. And only in that game do seconds really seem to matter. Like literally somebody can score something at the last second or in a basketball game. And it's like, I didn't know how cool sports was. And he gets the ball and there's no one to throw it to. And he's got a sprained ankle and he just takes off. And I just remember thinking that that moment I will never forget that when there's no one around you and you do have you to depend on, Suck it up and go. Love it. I wasn't feeling that ankle at all. You don't. No. Nope. Nope. As a sports yeah. person, I know you don't. I've been injured so many times and you just you just go. And then you go, ah, afterwards. But right. I, don't, I don't think in life we view it that way. You know, people seem to get shut down or shut out or stepped on way too easily and they give up, don't they? They do give up. That's why I say, don't keep going. Don't take no for an answer. He didn't take. And I remember the Super Bowl. He went in, he was hobbling. Everybody's like, oh no, not good. And he hobbled. He had a couple passes after we're like, oh, did he rap? Is he still going to play? But he didn't, he, there was too much at stake, too much right. at stake. Um, and life is about being at stake. The next conversation, the next possibility is all about this journey. We have to embrace every single thing because It's just the possibilities. The possibilities are endless. If you believe in you, if you don't give up, if you proceed and don't settle. And he didn't. And look at, we're talking about him. He's another Super Bowl winner, MVP again. I mean, amazing. So let me ask you a question. 
I know that you had a very traumatic cancer battle. Sheila, and Bazan's for both of you. When you get to that moment, that moment where you have to decide, I either throw in the towel and life's guy got done, or you continue on, what, what helps you make that decision? Why do you keep going? Sheila? I keep going because it's what I want to do. You know, there, there's nothing. Um, it, it's not like you just show up one day. So I, I find that certain, I, I would say in any, every career, you're sort of slowly building and building and building, as Maureen said, building your brand. And I just think you, you keep going to a point where you almost can't stop. You know, I guess some people can, but I can't. And I find that that it, it, it's a lot like sales, right? All of those things where people, you, you're, no, 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 no. You're throwing out things all over the place. And then that day that you're very unmotivated and you're not having your best day, suddenly someone calls you and says, hey, we were talking six months ago and I want to make that deal now. So things appear and they seem to just appear out of the universe, but they're not. There are things that you've put into already. You filled them up already. And now they've come to fruition almost because the universe knows you need it. It's happened to me many times. I love it. I love it. I love it. Maureen. I think that's really insightful and, and lovely, Sheila. I think too is, is you have to be passionate about what you do. You have to love what I do. And I tell my kids all the time who are 24 and almost 22, you have to love what you do and, and be passionate every day. They're like, mom, we know you love what you do. I'm like, well, good. <laughs> but it's believing and continuing on and, and just uh, setting the groundwork. Sometimes I would be in meetings and I think people would be like, what? Like, what is, how is she coming up with this stuff? And I would be so enthusiastic. They were like, all right, well, if you can do it on your own, go ahead. Cause we don't really understand. We don't get it, whatever, but then I'll come back and it will make sense because I've taken the time to make it make sense. And they're like, Oh, now we get it. Well, then it's too late if I didn't put in the work. So in all of, I think what all three of us are doing is putting in the work because we believe being excited, being enthusiastic, bringing people along for the ride. And if you don't want to be along for the ride, that's okay. We're still going to climb. That's right. We're still riding here. <laughs> when and you're though, not surprisingly, there's a lot of people that don't want to come for the ride. There's a lot of people that are dissatisfied with their lives, but also have no, um, they are almost resentful when you are moving ahead with yours. It's a very strange dynamic sometimes. Oh, that's a whole nother show, Sheila. <laughs> yes. How to, how to eliminate the people around you who don't lift you up and love you in spite of what they think and believe. Maureen, when you're not working, what's one of your favorite things to do? I love traveling. Love oh. traveling. Like where? Well, like I just went to Bimini in the Bahamas, little island off of Nassau, beautiful. And I'm going to Greece later this year. Uh, it's a big world. I love exploring the big world, not just where I am. Well, I totally agree. Went to Greece last year with my daughter. We talked about it all through COVID. When you, if you get a chance and you're in Santorini, don't miss the flying dress experience. I don't know if you saw our photos, but oh my God, otherworldly. And she and I leave for Portugal on Thursday because we also made a very firm commitment to each other that we need to continue to see the world. I used to just pick up and go everywhere um, and with a backpack and just go. Harder to do that when you have a little bit of responsibility. But now, as long as there's Wi-Fi and I got a computer, I'm good. Sheila, what do you do when you're not working? Uh, well, I would say travel is huge for me, and I have traveled a lot. Uh, but I'm an extremely active person, so I sports 
hockey, tennis, baseball, volleyball, badminton, you name it. Uh, I probably played about 10 sports competitively in my life. Oh, my God. Good for you. I'm not a sports person. I would see a ball coming and I had to run because I had one hit me in the face and I fell off a balance beam. That's it. I would be the one appearing in front of you catching it. Well, yeah, you, so you know what? I love you and Joshua, man, it blows my mind. I wrote things like, boom, it's like, you have a something. I have no spatial connection to things. I would get it. My nose would find the ball, the volleyball, the bait didn't matter where my nose was. <laughs> I have good genes. I have three brothers. So like I'm playing baseball tonight. So I, today's That's, game day. Anybody want to do bowling? How about bowling? That's one I didn't get hit on. <laughs> I Watch would, your have you guys done Indonesia? Anywhere nope. on that? I haven't either. So I'm thinking, I'm hearing visuals. I'm thinking we go there and we create something magical. I want to do Bali. I want to do Vietnam. I want to do Korea. I've not done any of that. I'm like, you know, maybe we create something where we get to go and bring cameras and bring, just explore it and have a different kind of adventure. Mm. I love it. Well, yeah. people are looking for following you wherever you go, listening to yeah. what you're experiencing. Mm. I'm in. Just think, well, because it could be, I just think I'm going to drop it. I've got two minutes left. Just thinking about the idea of what kind of adventure could we go and find people we'd want to interview and bring back or highlight and make it a little bit of a work play thing. You heard it here first. Maureen, you've got 30 seconds to love on my family, my audience, go for it. I would just say thank you for the time, Forbes. It's a pleasure to talk to you again and catch up and just see you in, in person this way. And I think for any of your listeners, if you're going through something challenging, have a, have a moment to be sad and be frustrated. But you know what? That's it. You got to turn it around. You got to get through it. You got to not give up. Ask questions. Don't settle in what you do business, what you do in health and relationships. Relate with people who lift you up. If they don't, leave them be. I love that, Ms. Sheila. Mm. Well, thanks so much for, for having me today. Uh, I mean, I find your, your energy, Forbes incredible i'm a huge admirer uh and it's it just your energy sums up what i believe too which is exactly what maureen's saying have people yeah. around you that are lifting you up be passionate about you up because people pick up on your passion faster than anything that you can do that's what i would end with I grew up with no girlfriends. I'm grateful that I have them now. I am so enamored with the people I choose to surround myself with. Thank both of you very, very much. Uh, in the show notes will be how we can find you and find Sheila's films and all of Maureen's coaching that's in the notes. I can't wait for you guys to explore and meet them as well. And maybe join us on our Far East adventure. All right, you guys are listening to the four. I know I'm getting, not kidding here. If I can dream it, we can make it happen. I'm Forbes Riley here for the Forbes Fact. I'll see you again next week. Be well, be safe, and thanks so much for listening. Bye, everybody. Thank you for making the Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you again soon.